Welcome to the Old Dog New Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff West, and I'm going to spend some time talking about tech and looking at how the old dog ways really are all that old. I'm going to look at some integration ideas, discuss some successes and failures, and show you that it's really not about being perfect, but it's about being patient when it comes to integrating technology. I'm a high school educator, been teaching music band for most of my career, but I am a a big tech enthusiast, and I really enjoy uh, researching and finding answers and ways to integrate tech that don't take up so much time. Let's get going. Well, welcome back to the Old Dog New Tech podcast. I'm Jeff West. I'm your host. I'm glad you are still listening. I'm telling you, I'm trying to uh, whittle down these podcasts to about 20 minutes, and I'm giving it a shot with this one. Um, But what I really like uh, about I'm able to uh, record the different segments, and so you could conceivably listen for a bit and then come back. I think that's the greatness of the podcast is you don't have to use a bookmark. You can just come back. So today uh, in this episode, I am looking at a blog post I did uh, back in May. We were getting ready to roll out the last of the Chromebooks in the district um, to the elementary schools. And they were going to get some training. And so I thought, well, why don't I do a list of uh, Chromebook tools? And then I started my research. And then I found no less than thousands of essential lists of Chromebook tools. So I, uh, with tongue in cheek, I did the essential list of essential lists. And so let's take a look at that here. We'll be right back for the essential list. I always love the commercials uh, that have said, this is the best, you can't do without this. This is essential to organizing your life, to losing weight, to making your marriage happy. You must have this book. It is essential. I find that word to be so overused that it has lost some of its power, at least to me. And as I'm getting older, anytime I see it, hear a a speaker that says, this is essential to the success. Well, maybe. So there there are many, many articles listing tools uh, for all types of devices, uses uh, in education. So I wanted to make the means maybe a little less overwhelming, the process less overwhelming by giving you the means of some different lists and so that you could just peruse them. So I did that on my uh, old dog, new tech uh, WordPress blog, did that back in May. So people would have the summer to kind of peruse the lists. And then I also tried to highlight some of the tools that I had been using because I uh, had my Chromebook for a year and a half to two years being part of the tech committee and Uh, an early adopter, I also, though, be honest with you, 
have so many uh, add-ons and extensions and so forth. Uh, I barely, you know, I think my search bar at the top of my browser page is about a half inch long because of my list of extensions. No, I'm over, I'm overdoing it, but you get the idea. So if you're just starting out on a Chromebook and you are not sure what to do and you're not a, an early adopter, you're not a, you're not a, a, a quick change type of person, which most of us aren't. I don't care what age it is, but we definitely, we older folks, more experienced folks definitely get that brand of being less likely to uh, adapt to change. You might want to stick to tools and extensions that help you do some things better, to remove some things that you spend a lot of time with the pen or pencil in your hand and then you have to file it and then you have to go find that file. And if you're like me, I'm very visual on my desk, especially when it gets very busy. Uh, beginning of school and then October is a, is a very busy month as well between football and homecoming and, and uh, band festival and so forth. The, the stack of mail and things to do starts to grow and then I can whittle that down usually. But the stack has gotten a lot shorter because I started using Google Drive, Gmail, Google Docs. I started looking for at the add-ons and the apps and extensions that would help me feel better toward my productive self. Because teachers wear a lot of hats. And communication is a huge piece, I think, communication organization and that all can get all stirred up in the in the pot of productivity to where you get one thing done and then you have to do it again later but perhaps you back in the old olden days when we were making copies and sticking that copy in the file and then we pull it out and go make more copies now you don't have to do that but figuring out how to organize your filing system on your computer can be a challenge However, the search aspect of Google Drive saves a lot of that for you. You really don't have to be organized. You can just stick it in there and do a search for any keyword. And it brings up, it's in the title, but I think it brings it up also if it's in the body of your document. So if you go to my blog post, if you go to my blog post about the essential list of essential lists, um, I refer to, I have a, a list at the bottom, which I'm going to kind of read through a few of them because I think there's some people that, not just the list, but the authors are worth following either on Twitter or uh, online, depending on what they might be, what they might be doing, what their realm is. But on the post, I also have some demo videos that I made. And I created a, a, a Google site uh, that listed, this was in 2017, I attended uh, the McCall Conference. And there were a lot of tools there that I just listed that I have, you know, clicked and looked at, but I have not used. And I think that is one of the thing that, things that often make essential lists 
less essential because it'll be the 50 essential tools. Well, when I look back, I might have five tools that are essential to me that I couldn't do my job as well if they didn't exist. So when we look at essential, I think it's important that we decide what essential is. You decide that for you. For me, it's, uh, again, back to the 21st century skills of communication, collaboration. Those two are big for me. In music, we collaborate a lot, and we communicate a lot. A lot of details for every gig we have to do, or performance. And I'm sure you can probably think of examples in your own career, in your own time, that this is true. So, looking at the list, I tried to include on the list anything that had less than 20. When they said tools or essential tools, but sometimes uh, that became difficult, and I excluded some people that are probably worth reading and worth taking a look at. So, again, I come back to do your own research, make it work for you. Eric Curtis, 18 free image sites and tools for stu for schools. Free images. There is also an online app that searches photos and then will cite it for you. I believe it's called Photo Book. I have to look that one up. But if you put in photo, citation, citing photos, app, I believe you'll come across it. I think that's very useful. Now, it's not necessarily only Chromebook, but you, you can get that on your browser. Podcasting with Twisted Wave, the Chromebook, will work actually anywhere, but particularly well if you want to use podcasting for reflection. In Episode 5, I talked about reflection and uh, frameworks or approaches and, and barriers that I had in my classroom when it came to good reflection, podcasting, and video reflection, Flipgrid, those are um, very important tools to successful, meaningful reflection learning, and they can become essential. When I first started using tech, I don't think things were essential until I started using them, and now... I'm on my Google Drive on every device that I have. I can't, I can't live without it. That's where I put my documents so I can get them at all times so I don't have to carry things in my briefcase or slash lose them in my briefcase. Hmm. All right, continuing down the list. Google brings art and culture to the classroom. This is just one thing, but within it are so many tools. This is, a, I think, in my area, an essential tool that I really have done a poor job at using. But I'm going to start using it some more. I've used it a bit. I've used it a bit, but I think it's, it's very applicable very usable for anybody teaching in any subject. You need to go take a look at that if you haven't yet. 
Just search Google Arts and Culture. All right. So as I close out this part of my of this of this podcast, I want to make sure I get some names: Eric Curtis, Tom Mullaney, Casey Bell, uh, Matt Miller, uh, Stephen Mosley. They're on the list. They they're blogging about about using uh, tools and uh, teaching with them. Richard Byrne is another one that didn't make the list, but he's in another one of my uh, blog posts. Chris Nessie has a great podcast. Casey Bell and Matt Miller also have the Google Tribe, Google Teacher Tribe podcast I've listened to. Search those. Find one or two tools and start your own essential list. And if it gets longer than five, you might want to look at it and say, am I really using this? So you don't get overwhelmed when you get started. Bookmark some lists. Go back and review them from time to time. That's what you do. You don't need to make this a dissertation. You don't need to make this getting another master's. And also, don't forget, it's about your kids. What do your kids need? What do your students need? That is kind of the driving. That's essential. What do your, your student needs? Those are essential. And if your productivity and your needs are met better, then that's going to help you meet their needs. And so there's an essential list. Continuing on about that misleading word essential, I just wanted to bring up the definitions. There will not be a test, which is good because if it was me, uh, I might be in trouble because I'm probably looking out the window humming a song. I would be that kid. Essential can be misleading because it's defined as the utmost of the utmost importance by uh, Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Of the utmost importance, utmost. I think that's always open to interpretation. can be a, a distraction, though. It can focus on the tech and not the teaching of the student. So I keep bringing back that point because I think it's easy to look at that toy, to look at that the bells and the whistles. I still do it myself. I just want to use a tool because it's cool. I, we don't really need to learn anything. I just like, I think it's a cool tool. So making sure that it's about your students' needs. And I think productivity, your productivity, if there's one thing that has made me feel better and has freed my mind to become a better teacher is the fact that I have been able to be what I view as more productive, because even that word is a little misleading because that's in the eye of the beholder. It's defined, dictionary.com, by the quality, state, or fact of being able to generate, create, enhance, or bring forth goods and services. Enhance. I love that word. Enhance. I think that's one of those words, unlike productivity and essential, that pretty much all of us 
have a positive idea of that. Somehow it's enhancing. Tech is a great enhancer tool, but you are the great enhancer. Teachers are the enhancers. How do we use it? How do we use that tool? Get to the analyzing, evaluating, and creating that in the upper tier of the blooms taxonomy. I know that's where we all want to be, but words like essential and productive can distract us. If we build a meaningful integration, build in meaningful integration, that utilize frameworks such as Blooms or the SAMR model or any other tech integration model you want to take a look at, then the essential productive apps will come to our attention and we'll have our list. You'll get your list, your essential list, when it integrates and helps you get those things done. Meet the needs of the student. And if you're looking at Blooms or SAMR or any other model like that, those all have those um, attributes built in. Communication is key, I said, to, in, my, in my particular field, in the music area, because I've sent out all kinds of schedules and rehearsal reminders and welcome new parents and freshman information. And uh, we went to camp a month ago, and so there was information sent out there and so forth, and I could go on and on. And so I spent a lot of time, I mean a lot of time, hours, because that's what I like to do. I was thought I could find the solution to embedding a video in Gmail. But even though I read early on in the process that it's not possible, that even if you have your HTML, Java code knowledge, that Gmail is still a bit finicky and doesn't always in include it, even though there are add-ons or extensions that will allow you to put your code in and then it will put right, it right in the Gmail and the uh, body of the Gmail. The, you get what I'm saying? My oldness is showing up here. I'm flippity flopping around in my brain. Don't waste your time. Shorts, uh, long story short or short story long, I guess you can send links and that's much easier than it was five or 10 years ago. But I found a way to create an email that are a bit more interactive without the coding. My last episode I talked about, I've, I like to pick words that I'm going to use as a focus word for my tech integration for the year. And last year it was reflection, and so my fifth episode was about that. And this year it's interactive or creating more interactive communication or lessons. So people are doing things. And also the reason, as I mentioned uh, in the last, I'm, I'm really trying to become more of a facilitator and less of a teacher. Facilitating the learning of knowledge. Letting students take the reins. Man, that's not easy when you're trained to be the primary source. That is not easy. So on the email, I have an app that I use to take screenshots that can be edited and then downloaded as PNG files, 
course, I'm using my Chromebook, so when I download it, it goes to my drive, and it downloads it as a PNG or a JPG. Either one of those would work um, and would be uploaded directly to the body of an email with the annotations that I make. I can draw circles. I can highlight. I can type in some text. So I took a picture of my syllabus, and I used this app, and I circled, and I put little call-outs which, as I'll tell you about, this was part of the paid portion of this. But this app has enough in the free that it's very, very usable. In fact, I used it for a couple of years before I realized I really wanted the paid version. So anyway, you take a picture and you can annotate it, and then you download it. It also will sync to your drive. But since I'm on my Chromebook, I just click download, and it puts it in my drive anyway. And at that point... And this is kind of an important part. This isn't really the app part. This is just an uh, organizational, productive part. I'm trying to make sure I put that PNG in the file, that uh, a folder that I have already changed the sharing to anyone with the link. Because then if I can use this picture in other places other than the email, people don't get that request permission blue box that they have to click and then you get all these emails from my students joe has requested permission to view his assignment Ugh. <laughs> i don't think it's an issue in the email i think it puts it right in so you don't have any uh, permission issues but this has saved me a lot of time so save yourself some time Save those PNGs right into a folder that you've already changed all the permissions so that anyone with the link can view. The app I referred to is really an extension for Chrome browser called Awesome Screenshot. It offers plenty of features in the free version. The paid version is $20 a year. And you get unlimited storage and unlimited screencast. You can also do that with with Awesome Screenshot, which I had used to just create no audio videos that I put in my slideshows. I think the limit's 15 seconds, maybe 30. But now I have unlimited. And there are other very cool features on there. The callout's very cool. It says you can put that on your document, type in a little thing. Hey, don't forget this part. Do this as soon as you can. Very cool tool. But that extension, you go to the web store, and then that appears in the upper, uh, on the right-hand side to your search bar, your Google address bar, excuse me. And you have all these different little pictures, and it looks basically uh, like a black circle, like if you looked into the end of a camera. Oh, we'd show a, a drawing of a camera, the lens. That's what it looks like. You'll find it when you when you look for it in the web store. Been very happy with this extension. It has worked time and time again for me. And then the storage that they have, you can do projects and get even deeper into that. I haven't even gone there, so I'm probably talking about something, you know, I'm trying to tell you about something I really don't know about. But I do know that the screenshot aspect of this is very, very cool, very, very effective, and engaging 
to uh, students, even though they're not, say, clicking anything to get any other information, it's all right there. But with the email, then you can insert a link. So I take a picture of um, of uh, a fundraiser bulletin uh, that I'm using that we're selling out of, and maybe they have a, a online store, and I can create a link to that and just say click here to order with the picture of it there. I think you're going to find that it'd be very helpful. And that would be your one. That's become an essential for me. Google Drive's an essential. Gmail's an essential. The Chrome browser. Create your essential list. It doesn't have to be 16 or 20 long. The blog post folks are doing that because they know everybody's different. Everybody's going to need something different. So they're giving you a full menu. Pick one or two. Don't pick 16 because you probably won't use them. Thanks for your time. I appreciate you listening. You take care. This has been the Old Dog New Tech Podcast with your host, Jeff West. I hope you enjoyed your time. And remember, with EdTech integration, it's about being patient and not perfect. <laughs>